Hello, welcome back to the Potentially Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Lindsay and Isabel. We are so glad that you decided to come and give us another listen. Today, we are going to be focusing a lot on Isabel's pregnancy because she is in the second trimester and she's got a lot of stuff happening in her life. And when there's a lot of stuff happening in your life, you have got to make sure your budget is staying on track and you've got to make sure that you are organizing your day and keeping things moving because if not, things can spiral out of control real fast. Yeah, I agree. And it's actually been pretty hard staying on track with things in my life right now. Just for the fact of how I've been feeling throughout my pregnancy, it can be hard to stay motivated when I feel like I have to take a nap all the time. But it's important to plan it out, especially since once I have the baby, we're going to be so busy. It's good to start now planning things out to be a little bit more organized throughout the day. So that way, when I am really busy and Nick is as well, we'll still be able to get everything accomplished that we need to get done. Well, when you have the baby, it's not just going to be working the baby. You also are going to be in school and you're working on this podcast. So you're going to be doing a lot of things that I think maybe you know, first-time moms aren't necessarily doing unless they're in, like, really high-powered job or they're working on side projects like you are. So, I think, and obviously you're not there yet, but do you have any ideas of how you're going to manage your time to make sure that you're not getting overwhelmed, but you're still able to get all the stuff done in your life that you're trying to get done? Oh, that's really hard. I feel like I am just going to feel overwhelmed because I just don't know, since I've never had a baby before, I know it's going to be a lot of work, but I really don't don't know how I'm gonna feel I guess until that happens. I know I'm just gonna try to plan out my day kind of with the times with Nick my husband because he's in school as well. I'm gonna have to plan it out to where after I get home from work and he's done with school he is specifically watching the baby for a little bit so I can get homework done. But other than that, I don't really know yet because I feel like it's it's hard to plan when you've never experienced something. Yeah, I mean, you don't know exactly how long everything is going to take or how tired you're going to be. And I think in the first year, um, at least what I've experienced watching my friends in the first year of having a baby, it seems like everything kind of comes in stages. So the first couple of months are really bad because you're not sleeping at all because the baby's up a lot and you're up a lot and dealing with it. And then as they get older, you know, they're just kind of stages of things where maybe you're getting a little bit more sleep now, but now it's harder to do things during the day because now the baby's mobile and moving around and you have to deal with that. So I think especially with the first year of having a child, it's kind of you have to be willing to make changes to your schedule and just know that things are going to be rapidly changing and be okay with that. A lot of people get stuck in this idea that you have to do the same exact thing every day and that's how they like to have their schedule and... That's just not really possible. I think it is really important to remain flexible and I think I've gotten good at that just throughout my experience with the military because things are changing a lot and I'm not afraid to be flexible. Like I'll do my schoolwork whenever I can. I'll try to schedule it in, but I know that might not work out. So I'll just do it whenever I can get it done. And luckily I'm, I'm pretty good at doing my schoolwork quickly. So... It shouldn't be that bad, I hope. And I only do one class at a time because my semesters are seven weeks long. So hopefully 
won't be that bad and Nick will be available to help out. I think that's what's really important is making sure I'm communicating with Nick so he knows what I need from him and what he needs from me to get everything done in a day that we both need to get done because we're both pretty busy. Right, yeah. Nobody's asking you to be a martyr. (laughs) So I think sometimes new moms feel like, you know, they need to take everything on their shoulders and they need to do everything with the baby because they're the mom and, you know, they they feel this sense of responsibility and you know you have that special bond and connection with the baby when they're little as their mom which I totally understand but I just think you know if you're in the position where you have a husband that's willing and able to help you out then you should be taking advantage of that because you're both the parents and so if you're both working you're both going to school then you should both be taking care of the child not just the mom you should both be tag teaming it and I think that's really important to remember is that you're not alone and you have somebody that can help you and obviously if you're not in that situation then hopefully you have other family members around who can maybe not help you out as much as husband can maybe they're not there 24 7 but maybe you can get a little break sometimes when you need to get something done. Like if you have a really big test that's coming up in one of your classes, maybe you have a sibling who is willing to come watch the child for, you know, five hours while you study and then take the test. Yeah, that's a good point. I think everyone needs to remember to not be afraid to reach out for that help. I'm already learning that throughout my pregnancy because I've I've been pretty sick and I get tired extremely easily. And a couple weeks ago, I was trying to clean my house and I couldn't use even get through cleaning my whole house I did like two rooms and then our air conditioning broke and I was like overheating and like I had to go sit down and just eat some food and relax because I felt so sick and I realized I really can't try to be doing all this stuff and I need to rely on Nick a little bit more than I have in the past but that shouldn't be a big deal like I'm someone who likes to do everything myself how I like it but I'm starting to realize it's okay if Nick does a little bit more than he's used to doing because at some points in life it's just gonna be like that I'll do more for Nick sometimes or maybe he'll have to do more for me but you shouldn't be afraid to ask somebody for the help if you need it right and that's the great part of being in a marriage and being in a healthy marriage is the idea that you're supposed to be there for each other growing a human being is hard work i mean obviously it's not something you consciously do your body just does it but it it takes a lot of work out of you it takes a lot of energy to do that so if you need a little extra help because you're feeling sick all the time from it then it's perfectly understandable that nick's gonna have to kind of do a little bit more and obviously this isn't a dog on Nick. Nick knows that he's been helping you out. So I'm not saying he isn't doing that. He is. But it's just a good thing to, you know, keep in mind that it's okay to ask for help. If you're the type of person who really, really doesn't like asking for help, it is okay to ask for help, especially when you are going to be a new mom. Yeah, for sure. I was not saying that to be like negative towards Nick. He's done a lot for me, especially during my first trimester. I was so sick. I barely did anything. And then Now I got a little bit better, but he's been doing a lot without me even having to ask him to do it. It's just hard when you're someone who likes to do everything yourself and feel like you can. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you're a very independent person. And so I could imagine that's pretty difficult making that transition. I feel like it won't be as difficult for me, to be honest, because Jacob and I have always done everything together and we're kind of both needy in that way in our relationship. We're just needy about different things. So I would say we're both kind of, not that we can't do things by ourselves, we totally can, but we've always just been kind of codependent on each other just because we've been together for so long and we've had each other through all those moments 
moments. So I feel like once I'm pregnant, like it'll be the same thing. We'll just be going through it together. I mean, I'll have to be a little bit more independent because he'll be a pilot by then. So he'll be on trips and I'll be by myself. So, you know, I, that'll probably be one of the things I struggle with is figuring out how to do some of this stuff without Jacob around. Because like I said, I mean, we've seen each other like every single day since we've been together pretty much. Yeah, I feel like that can be a really hard transition. Just trying to, not that you can't do things on your own, but just the mentality of, oh, I have to do this by myself. I'd really wish he was here to help me out. Um, right. I haven't had that with my pregnancy at all, but I definitely understand that because me and Nick were apart so much. It just, sometimes you just wish somebody was there with you. Like maybe if he misses one of the doctor's appointments, that, that right. would suck. Yeah, I feel like just emotionally, not necessarily like um, to do specific things around the house, but just like he might miss some of the doctor's appointments. He'll probably miss most of the doctor's appointments <laughs> if we're being completely honest. He's probably going to have a terrible schedule um, when he first has a job. That just kind of goes with the territory of being a pilot is that you start off at the bottom, you have a terrible schedule, and it is what it is. So, yeah, he'll probably miss a lot of that, and, you know, that'll suck, but we'll work we'll, we'll work through it. It'll be all right. And then the other thing I was thinking, too, is that even though you want to be flexible with your schedule, I think it's a really good idea to start off with a baseline schedule and not just play it by ear and not just be like, well, it'll just happen when it happens. I don't know. We'll just see because I think... If you don't want your mind to go crazy and stress over every little thing that you have to get done, I feel like you need to have it written down somewhere. And then if you have to veer from the plan because the baby decides it needs to go down for a nap an hour earlier than it usually does, okay, then you veer from the plan. But I think it's a good idea to start with that schedule in mind. Yeah, I agree with that. And especially for me, since I'm going to be on maternity leave for a couple months right after I have the baby, that'll give me time to kind of see what my relationship is like with my baby, what all the work entails before I have to really schedule out hard being with work, school, and the baby. It might be kind of ease me into it just having school and the baby and then adding work back in. So you can kind of see what schedule you're putting your baby on and kind of work around that, hopefully. But having a schedule is really important. Even if you can't always stick to it, I think it's helpful just to stay on the same page, especially with me and Nick or just in my own mind, knowing what I have to do by when. Because if not, I might just sit around and be tired when the baby falls asleep or something. I put up a post the other day on Instagram talking about chunking your day. And I think that the whole idea behind chunking your day, I talked about this, was like when you're a teacher, you talk about chunking lessons because a kid can't focus for that long to make it through that lesson. So you break it down into smaller parts and they only have to focus on that smaller part when they're, you know, in that 20 minute time period within the class. And I feel like that's a really good idea to do with your day. So maybe it's not 20 minutes that you're breaking it down to, but for an hour. You're breaking down your day into hours or something and you're saying, this is what I'm going to focus on for this hour. And I think that allows your mind to free up space. So if you're in the chunk of time where you get to focus on playing with your baby and being with your baby, well, then you don't have to feel guilty or bad that you are not working on your podcast or your work or cleaning the house or whatever it is because you set aside this chunk of time to play with the baby and that's all you focus on. And then when you get to the chunk of time where you are going to focus on something more creative like your podcast, then you don't need to feel guilty that you're not holding the baby right now. All you need to focus on is that podcast. 
Same thing when you get to work or when you get to cleaning the house or whatever it is. If you chunk your day and know that you've mapped out the right balance for you, you know, the proper balance for you of how many hours you want to spend doing different things, then I think it frees up your head from feeling overwhelmed and stressed about all the stuff that you have to get done in one day. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm going to try to start doing that. Um, I didn't really think about that before you had started talking about it and how you learned that through teaching. It's a really good idea because I have trouble focusing in on one thing for too long. If I say this is my hour to do it, then I'll be really focused on it for that hour and get the stuff done that I need to get done. So I really love that. Yeah, it it helps me because I have the kind of brain that kind of goes all over the place. Like I'm trying to think of everything at once um, and I'm trying to do everything at once. But if you're trying to do everything at once, you're not really giving 100% to any of it, you know? So if you want quality work or quality time with your family or if you want the house to be clean in a you know top-notch manner you need to make sure that you are only focusing on that one thing during that time period to be honest because you're just going to be able to do it better I think I agree with that so the thing that we've been working on recently with my pregnancy is starting our nursery and um, we haven't really done that much yet but I thought maybe we could talk about it just so people could hear how this could fit into your budget because I know it can be kind of daunting with all the things you have to get for a new baby and Isabel definitely has a more practical approach than I think I have or most people have is that when I think of the nursery I I think of looking on Pinterest for all the different ideas of how you can decorate the nursery and make it so cute and you get excited about it and it's part of your nesting process and you're just you're just excited about it because you're excited for the baby but if you are not in the space to be spending a ton of money on a nursery you need to think about what is actually important and what's not important to have in the nursery and to be 100% honest decorations are not a necessity that is not a necessity so if they don't fit into your budget that might be something that you have to look at and that's something that Isabel has been looking at because she's trying to keep her nursery budget as small as humanly possible and to be honest she's doing a pretty good job with it yeah so far the only things I have paid for are some cute pictures I bought to hang above the crib and the picture frames for them. Other than that, I haven't... Oh, sorry. That was a lie. There was one other thing I bought was a laundry hamper, but all of this was relatively inexpensive. Do you know exactly how much you paid for the pictures or the hamper? Do you remember? Oh, the hamper was like $20. And then the pictures, I think, were also like $10 or $15. The frames were expensive. My mom actually yelled at me because they were supposed to be buy one, get one, and they weren't. So I spent like $70 on the frames and she was really mad and told me I should take them back. But I just accepted that one. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that's a pretty big win because if you've spent about $100 on your nursery, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the cheapest nursery that's ever been made. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cheap. <laughs> So the way that Isabel has been able to do this is through some secondhand furniture. And so if this is an option for you, it's a really great option. So she got a rocking chair from my parents that they've had for forever. I don't even know, like, do you know where they got the rocking chair from? I don't even know. Yeah, they actually got it from um, the Kims, like our old neighbors when we were younger uh, oh, okay. gave it to her. Okay, so they've had it for like over 20 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they've had this rocking chair for forever and Isabel decided that it was fine and she didn't need to go out and get like a, like one of the big comfy 
uh, rocking chairs because it's just a wooden rocking chair. What's the word for it, Isabel? You didn't have to go get a... Um, oh, one of those like glider things. I don't know. Yeah, the gliders, yeah, which are really nice, but she just decided that the rocking chair would work because it's free and the gliders are pretty expensive. Um, and then my parents also had a crib that they had gotten from a friend and it was broken but Isabel fixed it. Yeah, I just wanted the, um, I don't know what they're called, but one of the little slats on the crib, it had fallen off, and then it was, the piece of wood was cracked that I was supposed to go into, so my parents helped me to fix that. We got all back put together. I sanded it down and repainted it, and, um, it actually turned out really nice. It looks good with the rest of my nursery, and, um, I also had a dresser that I, had previously gotten from my parents that was in my guest bedroom that I put into the nursery so not all my furniture necessarily matches but it all kind of goes together and I'm just not that worried about it I'm taking more of like a simplistic approach to the decorating I have a couple other things that my dad's gonna make for me because he has a wood shop and he is pretty good at it he's making me a bookshelf and then a little thing to hold stuffed animals and other than that that's all I'm gonna put in the nursery because my view is just the only people who are gonna see this really is myself and my baby and my baby's never gonna remember it so I like it to be cute but simple because I don't see the point in putting a bunch of money into it that's unnecessary when I don't really know what I personally get out of that. Right and so if that doesn't work for you if you feel upset by that because you wanted to have this really cute nursery all planned out and you're super excited about it there's nothing wrong with that as long as it fits in your budget. If it doesn't fit in your budget, then you have to start really thinking about it and going, okay, this really doesn't matter for how I raise my child. I'm going to need money for diapers and I can't buy all the cutesy stuff that I wanted to buy. And the cutesy stuff was more for me anyways, so I'm just going to have to sacrifice that to make sure that the baby has what they need. And, you know, that's that's what you do with every budget, every part of your budget, right? Like, it's it would be super fun to just spend all of your money on all the fun stuff in life, going out to eat constantly and having a huge travel budget and entertainment budget but the reality is is you need a certain amount for rent and you need a certain amount for your utilities every month and those come first so you got to make sure that you have your needs first and then you can worry about your wants and if you don't have any hand-me-down furniture that you can get there's still really cheap options out there that you can find you don't have to get the most expensive crib that you've ever seen (laughs) Yeah, it's just not necessary. I'm sure it'd be really cute, which is great if you can afford it, but there's a lot out there that aren't that expensive and don't be afraid of the hand-me-downs as well if you can find some because you can always spruce it up a little bit. You know, don't be afraid to take on a project if you have the time for it. Right, and figure out what you can get secondhand first before you make your um, list for your baby shower. So, Isabel knew that she was going to be able to get a crib and a rocking chair. Well, then those things don't have to go on the baby shower list, and you can use your baby shower to get more items that you actually need. Yeah, I agree with that, especially since I tried to keep my registry pretty minimalistic as well because I just don't like a lot of stuff being around. I don't want all these extra things that I don't need really and I'm also just so aware of the price of everything like especially with those chairs you were talking about the gliders they're like three or four hundred dollars. I'm like I don't want to ask anybody to pay that much for a chair for me (laughs) so 
rocking chair good to go it's the same concept yeah definitely the same concept hopefully i'm not gonna lie guys hopefully by the time we have kids i'll have at least enough money to decorate my nursery how i want because i am really excited about that i'm not as hardcore as as well she's way better at being more minimalist i guess is the right word i don't know what the right word is because i don't like having a lot of stuff in my house so i guess my style is a little minimalist maybe i don't know but um i still like to plan all that kind of stuff out and I find it fun to decorate and I'm definitely the person that's on Pinterest all the time looking stuff up like 100% me so hopefully I'll be able to have this budget under control by then and I'll be able to do that if not I guess I'll have to do it as Bill's doing it's not that bad no it's not bad (laughs) it like you said it's more about you than the baby it's more about you wanting the room decorated than it is about the baby needing that which I completely admit to (laughs) I know that it's about me (laughs) So if if I can't have it, I can't have it, and that'll just be it. But there is something really exciting, guys. I just thought I'd let you know that I paid off my small's debt completely. So we've got the snowball rolling. The snowball has started. It is rolling, and I'm super excited. We made our last, it was a $700 payment for furniture that we bought years ago that was no interest. So I was the dum-dum that thought it was a good idea because, well, we can afford a payment. The payment's $30 a month. Um, who cares if it goes for five years because it's no interest. So it's basically like free money. So of course we can afford it. So that was the start of my dumb decision-making basically. And it only got worse from there. And I'm so excited that I finally feel like I'm making progress and we made that payment and it was really exciting and I got to check it off my list and my snowball is going and I can't wait until all the debt is gone. Yeah, that's really exciting. Just getting that first thing paid off feels so nice. No matter how small it is, you're you're always going to feel good having one less debt. Yeah, and I completely understand how how it makes sense for Dave Ramsey to tell people that you need to start off with your smallest debt because it's not a math problem, it's a psychology problem. I completely understand that because as soon as I paid off that amount and I sent that money out, I just felt so good and I felt like, okay, I can conquer this, I can do this. Like, I've been working at it for months, I've been getting the budget under control, I've been doing all this stuff, but I haven't actually paid anything off yet finally got it paid off and it just oh it felt so good so you know maybe my thinking of my nursery in the future is just motivation to keep paying off these (laughs) debts so that way maybe I will be able to afford what I want in it oh for sure you always have to think about the things you want in the future because that's what will motivate you that's what I think about whenever I think about my debts so what could I do with this money so many better things (laughs) yeah what can I do with this instead probably something a lot better than what I chose to do. (laughs) Well, that's really awesome. Hopefully your next debt will not be that far behind that you pay off. I hope not because it is a good feeling. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Potentially. If you did, please like, rate, review, share this with everyone you know, and go follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Live Potentially. You can also find us on our website, livepotentially.com. You can sign up for the email list and get notifications for when we put out new podcast episodes, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye! (laughs) 